Our Parsha this week, Bahar, it, it talks about Alelamala, about rising up, seeing blessing. It begins with a call to sound the horn of Jubilee, the horn that proclaims release and liberty throughout the land. A call to joyful celebration as everyone finds a place of sustenance and peace. It's one of the most beautiful futuristic visions of the Torah. And it's, of course, connected to the later prophetic hope that one day it shall happen when all shall sit under their vine and their fig tree and none shall make them afraid. Well, after this week, we know that we are so very far from the fulfillment of that vision. The horn of the Jubilee is not being sounded in this country, but the sirens of distress are blaring loud and clear. It's so hard to believe that once again, a group of Americans going about their business, entering a store to purchase perhaps food for a birthday party, or to bring sustenance to a struggling relative, then planning to return home in peace and security, instead met the end of their lives. They were murdered by another angry young white male, a domestic terrorist intent on killing as many black people as he could. And this evil person claimed to be inspired by an old hatred dressed in the new garment of replacement theory, promulgated, yes, by white extremist groups, but something that's also making its way into the mainstream political dialogue. After it happened, I, I listened on NPR to Eric Ward from the Southern Poverty Law Center explain replacement theory, and it occurred to me that I, a supposedly aware person, didn't understand that the chant heard in Charlottesville, the Jews will not replace us, was linked to this larger white nationalist, racist, anti-Semitic, fantastical notion. I'm not sure if I was just trying to drown out yet another attempt by those who hate to lay blame for their own life's disappointments on we Jews. The fear promulgated by these haters is that the white race in America, as if there really is such a monolith, is at risk of being replaced by people of color who have immigrated here. They assert that the puppeteers behind this attempt at their replacement who are secretly plotting to diminish their power and influence and take away the control they have over their lives. So point at yourselves as we Jews. And, and this uh, leader of the Southern Poverty Law Center said, if we don't get to the bottom of anti-Semitism, we won't stop this. Now, for our fellow African-Americans, non-Jewish and Jewish alike, it must be I feel like another example of blaming yet again the victim. The large majority of their ancestors were brought here not out of choice, not as replacements. How they get here? On slave ships of the white oppressors, the predecessors of these races. Perhaps I'm not understanding how replacement theory can apply to people who've been here almost since the founding of the colonies. But logic has no role in limiting 
this kind of behavior? Can we explain to such a person that we Jews aren't really part of such a plot? Would they believe you? A congregant recently sent me some facts he'd garnered about American perceptions concerning American Jewry. And one of the facts that stood out to me is a recent poll in which they asked Americans, what do you think the Jewish population in the United States is? And what was the average answer? Anyone know? That we are 30% of the US population. That would make us 100 million people. And I'd be so happy. <laughs> but census figures estimate that we make up barely 2.4% of the US population, if perhaps we have 7 million people among our minion at that. Well, the attacker at the market in Buffalo, like the one before at the Tree of Life Synagogue, or the one before at El Paso Walmart, or like really so many other violent attacks as of late, uh, the Taiwanese church here, was motivated by an essential hatred. And the hard thing is these vile lies and violent fantasies, they're not just expressed in online group forums, but as I said, they are working their way onto television news programs, and sometimes in the House of Congress. And combining that with the proliferation of automatic weapons that are so easily altered to be more, made more deadly, Mr. Ward pointed out on that program that this behavior is not an aberration or a one-off, but a trend that we all have to stand against. And yet our elected leaders, what are they doing? Some of the highest leaders in this land deny that replacement theory is at the root of what this person did. They want to lay the blame at the easy scapegoat of mental illness and assert, well, now that he's been captured, we can just go back to business as usual. But we know the original sin of America is still the root cause of this way of being. It's the assertion that blacks or Hispanics or Asians or gays or lesbians or Muslims, and of course we Jews, are not the true American us in the U.S. We're interlopers to be tolerated until we become too influential, too many, take too much advantage of the freedom that's supposed to be the privileged birthright of the white Anglo-Saxon male. And we must be aware of the arising of an American pharaoh that could happen, who proclaims that uh, we're getting too many and sees Jews and all of us as colored, as non-whites, getting too much power. You see, what these haters really are promoting is an anti-Americanism, an anti-patriotic philosophy that doesn't understand that America is a place of diversity, of ethnic groups mixing together. It always has been a partial melting pot, and that there's no replacing us, for we are us. And so I wonder, should a recommitment on our part to American patriotism be part of our response to this sickness in our midst? Should we renew an American patriotism that celebrates the true values of liberty and freedom and justice for all? 
that embraces our diversity and pushes back on those who would like to make this country not a place of light, not a beacon on the hill for the world to emulate as Ronald Reagan envisioned, but a place of medieval darkness is what they want. And in so doing, we need to drown out the television commentators who would traffic in this kind of hatred as a means of garnering lucre. And we should call upon the corporations to leave their channels and declare that one may be free to state hate speech, but that the cost should be very high. And yes, we need to contact our leaders and still work for the basic sensible gun control laws and enact legislation that prohibits individuals who've been convicted of a misdemeanor level hate crime from having the right to purchase guns or transfer them. There are so many things that we can do to not just stop lethal hate crimes, but seemingly crazy acts every week, can you believe it, of, of gun violence, using automatic weapons that kill and injure so many. We have our work to do, and I think it's patriotic work. It's not just negative work to stand up the, against these kind of forces of evil thought and expression. And the work is hard, but the Anti-Defamation League is out there doing that work. The Southern Poverty Law Conference is out there doing that work. Our JCRC is out there doing that work. So I'd like you to go home this week and look in your checkbook and say, are you doing that work? How are you involved? How are you helping? And let us stand up and gather in places like this and not be afraid. Because when we come together and we speak out, we can yet hope that there will be a jubilee, a time to celebrate. Because this beautiful tradition and this beautiful country at its essence will, has to, win out over such hate and keep working for the time when all shall sit in their vine under their fig tree, and none, no matter our color or our creed or sexual orientation, shall make us afraid. Amen. Can you read some? So may it be God's will. So may it be our will. Amen. Shabbat shalom.